So welcome to Open Source Guelph here on CFRU, 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I am Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico, and joining me is... Scotty Hertz. And Adam, I wish somebody would send me a nice chair that I could show off on the radio, because this uh, this ah! one I have in the, in the Diefenbunker here is just like a Diefenbunker, the Hertz Bunker, Diefenbunker issue chair. Mm-hmm. is uh, just, you know, wrecking my back. So. Mm-hmm. If anyone knows anybody doesn't have to rock it can just be a chair surprised you can still get parts for deep and <laughs> bunker i here. forged them myself in the backyard it is the ward after all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a ward tradition just to yeah backyard. if you see flames you'll know my chair is busted yeah just yeah just like mad max uh <laughs> open sources is cfru's political and current affairs discussion show and you can find us here every thursday at 5 p.m as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world, and we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians. This week, though, we are just going to talk about the news, including the passing of Alexa McDonough. We will talk about why the former NDP leader has a very big legacy as a Canadian trailblazer, and then we will throw it to sports news. We will talk about the Novak Jokovic decision in Australia, and whether next month's Olympics in Beijing will be the worst Olympics ever. And finally, we will look ahead to this weekend's freedom rallies across Canada and whether these protests are getting the right kind of attention from the media. But first, uh, the kids went back to school this week, maybe on Tuesday, maybe on Wednesday, depending on uh, where you lived, but they are back at school. Uh, The next piece of this is... Uh, the economic reopening. It was reported Wednesday night. Um, by the time you're listening to this, there should be a formal announcement. Um, but it was reported on Wednesday night that sources, uh, these mysterious sources who are always leaking the day before <laughs> a major announcement, right? It's it's always amazing. Like the day before there's an announcement, the sources start talking. Um, sources are saying that on January 31st, the opening reopening will begin with 50% capacity at restaurants for indoor dining. Um, that is undoubtedly good news for restaurants. It is probably got a lot of epidemiologists and public health officials slightly intrigued or concerned about what that's going to look like, especially when we don't actually have any data about what, conditions back to school has created yet yeah it's pretty much close your eyes cross your fingers and and run run headlong into it (laughs) with your little collapsible shovel no (laughs) (laughs) oh oh boy yeah that's how the week starts with a snow day so there wasn't in the south in the south southern terror as we know Ontario is a massive province Mm -hmm. Uh, i did see one report from Sudbury saying that they're down so many teachers because of existing Omicron. This isn't the Omicron that they got in the schools because they just got back. But <clears throat> that is one of the main, main concerns is how this is going to pan out in terms of the spread in the schools. Now, according to the government, uh, after Stephen Lecce appeared from his mysterious absence, which was either a vacation or COVID, and there's probably nothing else. Uh, talking about, yes, there'll be masks for everyone and there'll be HEPA filters for everyone and there'll be, you know, 
tests, maybe. Sounds like the kids are getting a couple of tests, maybe. You might have a HEPA filter, but I did hear one report. The ones in Waterloo won't be there till February, which mm-hmm. is still a couple of weeks away, right? Mm-hmm. We've, there's still... So, are they... Are the schools open for business? Uh, I don't... I mean, they will be. Mm-hmm. But will they safely be open for business is a great question. And this, is this to me, seems like a massive gamble. That it's just that the whole narrative about, well, it's mild. Well, there's not much we can do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And just open the restaurants and everything as well. Half capacity. And it was interesting because one of the comments on the news from one of the restaurateurs was... Well, it's not a hundred percent. I'm like, well, of course it's not a hundred percent. Like, what? Do yeah. You, what do you want? This is this is good for you, right? Maybe even though everybody will be in there eating without masks on, mm-hmm. uh, and you've probably done nothing to your ventilation system. I would imagine. Now, mind you, that isn't fair. I'm not saying that all restaurants are are like that, but I'm gonna guess that not much has changed in your restaurant since the other eighteen closures, right? So, anyway. Uh, it sounds, you know, most of the experts are saying cautious, be cautious, but yet a lot of this to a lot of people seems as if it's might not be cautious if there aren't protections in place. I mean, if it sounds like a broken record, it's because he is, you know, the record is broken. And I mean, this has all the hallmarks of unfolding like it did last year where you were open too soon and then you have to slam everything shut for months and months and then it's may and then you 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 know you're still shut down i hope that's not the case um but i i do think too that you know when christine elliott gets up and says you know what it turns out omicron isn't as um is more mild or it's not as severe and you don't spend as much time in the hospital when you have omicron uh then if you had Delta and it's like, well, okay, well, that's maybe true, but maybe we should contextualize this a bit. And from the point of view of saying, it's still a good idea to not get COVID-19. Oh, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever version you get. Uh, I mean, it's not like when, when Marvel releases four different covers for an X-Men comic and you get the Iceman <laughs> one and you wanted the Wolverine one. It's like, it's not like that. Um <laughs> it's still pretty bad and yeah. i you know it, it just seems like you're kind of setting stuff up for again i hope not but the thing about schools is a lot of these problems could have been resolved if back in 2020 and i can't believe we, we can like we're at a point in the pandemic being so like back in 2020 way um, back mm. you know their schools were closed for months the ontario government could have said we have said schools will be the first of all schools have not been the last to close and the first to open go to the mall lately um mm. so i mean that's kind of a lie so que- the, the first question is if the government came out and said okay schools will be open but they're going to be the only thing that's open we're going to shut everything else down for two weeks and see how that goes i highly doubt anyone would um would jive with that i i feel that would be one of those things that's doomed to failure which is why we get all of these little half measures but going back to 2020 schools closed for months the government could have said okay here's a blank check school boards do what you have to do put up extra walls um fix your ventilation create smaller class sizes um hire more teachers so that you can have smaller class sizes bring some more portables in um we are going to make schools COVID strongholds um, that are safe 
um, as, as safe as humanly possible. And, you know, what would, what would it look like if we had gone that far? But schools have always been sort of like secondary measures or third measures or fourth measures. They've, they've never been number one on the list of priorities, which is why it always sounds like horse hockey when, mm-hmm. when they get up and say schools are the last to close and the first to open because it's never been true. No, and now the the policy is once the teachers start going down, and they will. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying they're going to be hospitalized, but <laughs> we're going to adult- bring in old retired teachers. To fill yeah, the, the adults, or retired teachers, or <clears throat> if I've got it right, they're going to like you know corral everybody into the the, you know, the largest room possible and have parents mm-hmm. or whomever as monitors. It's like mm-hmm. that's not a plan. If you if you had HEPA filters in every room. I'll be like, oh, that's I. I have I had to do some pricing on them, and it's like, you know what? In the scheme of things, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. So your custodial or maintenance or whoever are able to maintain them and keep an eye on them and keep them running. I mean, if that was, if that's the key thing, it, it sort of reminds me of like remember. Let's go back to March twenty twenty. It was like respirators. We're gonna need respirators. The companies are gonna make respirators, and re- we just never heard the end of that. Mm-hmm. Why didn't somebody, you know, seize on that and start firing off HEPA's portable or otherwise for, mm-hmm. well, portable is the, portable is the main thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of portables, when I think about school portables, <laughs> it's like, come on. I mean, they're, they're traditionally dumpy no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like if there's anywhere you're probably going to get COVID-19, <laughs> it'll be in a portable, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, but it's outside and blah, blah. I mean... I'm not sure what your schooling was like, Adam, but I was in a couple of men. They were dumps. Uh, it's like they become dumpy automatically. But that's you know that that's one aspect of the whole thing. A lot of schools are old. A lot of schools have had no infrastructure money at all, and it, you know having a HEPA in the room would still be a, a band aid, but it's something, right? So and it, it's I saw somebody was posting the masks that they got for their kid. Like this is what was sent over. They're like, really? This is like you know, like 2020 issue mask, this thing, this this, is, you know, you might as well just sewn it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. The top drawer masks of the, of whatever. It's like, no, stopping short of N95, which seems to be a bone of contention, but it's like, uh, there has to be a better way. Mm -hmm. There is a better way. It's just not happening. Right. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. The press conference today, too, I mean, what's sort of been happening in the last couple of days, I think what people are looking for is like sort of consistency on messaging. And Doug Ford calls into a radio station on Tuesday and it's like, oh, we're going to have some good news this week. And then Kieran Moore gets up on Wednesday morning and the, like the press asks, like, so you're going to have good news this week? And he's like, uh, I kind of don't want to. I, I, I sort of kind of don't want to say, like, I don't know what's in Doug Ford's head because why? <laughs> um, yeah. And then uh, it was Colin DeMello or somebody catches up with Ford, just like in the halls of Queens Park. It's like, uh, you know, Dr. Moore's not so sure about this good news you were talking about. He's like, oh, no, we're going to have good news this week. And it's like, real Like, who? who's who's right here and who's wrong it's like you want to listen to the doctor and the scientist but i mean he's so hedgy on everything he doesn't want to you know step on toes because it's it's it seems like full throttle ahead it's like the slower dumber um bad version of of what like jason kenny was doing in in alberta last year it's 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 just it's not great and you know Adding insult to injury, we get this re- 
uh, poll today that says <laughs> Doug Ford's still nine points ahead. <laughs> oh, boy. Must have been all that shoveling on Monday that, it, that really, really did it. I mean, who doesn't go shoveling without their PR person? I mean, if you know, you're putting together a posse, like a snow shoveling posse, uh, you get your truck, you get your ridiculously small shovel, uh, you get some straps so you can pull people out, and then you grab the PR flack. So, um, so in case yeah. you need, in case you need an extra set of hands, is what and when saying. the first car you're shoveling out is actually the PR person's car, it's like, <laughs> like how staged is this? <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, maddening to some, I would say, but. I, 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 it didn't madden me. I, I was kind of having like a both sides moment watching it. It's like, yeah, it's, I guess it's a nice gesture. It's, you know, but at the same time, um, he's the premier of a province of 14 million people and he doesn't know how to use a laptop. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, it's a great distraction from all the other stuff, like the first day of school being trashed. I mean, yeah, uh, that was kind of like a sign from, <laughs> from and also with the, you know, his, uh, his, uh, and I guess we were going to talk about it just briefly was the uh, the departure of Phillips running oh, yes, away. Yes, yes, yes. I mean uh, that's I mean that's kind of damning in a couple of different ways because it's like there's it's not like there isn't a long term care crisis. There is. Um, it's not like he was kind of like one of the stars of the administration. He was. Uh, he's like kind of like the most famous. Ontario politicians screw up going to Bar- uh, St. Bart's mm-hmm. on Christmas 2020 and then getting canned for that and then coming back six months later um, to cabinet like he was, has more lives than a cat uh, in that regard but then he up and quits and then to replace him with Paul Calandra oh. of all people um, I mean he's what, whatever like brain worm he had during the Harper administration as an MP mm-hmm. seems to have left him or uh, has had its fill, I guess. Um, so, I mean, like he's been kind of barely noticeable as a, as an MPP, but at the same time, um, I don't know what in his background screams being on one of the most important files in government at any well, the, time. Yeah. They're, they're running out of sacrifices, right? So <laughs> literally like nobody wants it it's it's drop the hot potato and phillips is the kind of guy you know the corporate wheel that conservatives love and Mm -hmm. and lots of canadians kind of like that type of of guy as well you know sort of knows how to handle the the back room and kind of neutral-ish whatever but that that's you know it's it's one thing to say okay the election is coming soon i'll i'll go then he's cutting and running Mm mm-hmm like mm-hmm. literally running away. And this was supposed to be the great revival, right? This is supposed to be, how can you redeem yourself? Well, I'll just give up and resign immediately and go back to the boardroom. And that's like, ah, guy, like, so that's, it's, it's signs of the ship sinking. You're talking about the, uh, the polls, but I don't know. Like there's, I think there's going to be a lot of writings that are going to be a lot of the closer writings is is going to be a, a turf war, really, right? So mm. they've lost eight. I think there's eight, but not running, resigning, or you know the <laughs> the starting own gang who have yeah. bailed that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So uh, the challenges are building. Yeah. Um, it. I don't know. It, it, if you look at the polls, though, it's like I, I think there was a poll earlier this week that said like he had 
Doug Ford had a favorability of like one in three. So one out of every three people thought he was doing okay. Um, but it seems like the party is, is what's kind of I, like, I don't know if it's him or if it's um, just the general malaise. Like this was not, ha- I mean, none of this was how anyone wanted to live the last two years, but uh, the government, especially when they're, especially in 2018, when they come out and like, or we're going to like, consolidate and amalgamate different health units like thank god that didn't happen Mm. with any kind of swiftness but um yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see if rod phillips is sort of a one-off if he's just like was hey this being government thing isn't what i wanted so i'm going back to the private sector where people know how to treat each other right or (laughs) or or if it's like a canary in the coal mine situation my feeling is more of the former than the latter but we'll have to wait and see we're gonna Uh, work remotely from saint bart's but yeah (laughs) well it's it's good work if you can get it um sadly we do have to talk about the passing of alexa mcdonough who uh passed away last weekend i mean she was 77 years old so she had a good long uh, life also an impactful life uh, she was the second woman to be the leader of a major federal party uh, she broke the glass ceiling in Nova Scotia in so many ways uh, and I found this interesting uh, when she was elected in 1980 uh, to the legislature in Nova Scotia she was not only the only female MLA at that time. And she was also the only NDP MLA at the time. Um, But not only was she the only female MLA, there was no washroom for female Mm. MLAs at the legislature. Um, Whereas, you know, uh, the men could just like pop outside and go to a washroom. She had to go like (laughs) down a floor and line up with the, the female staffers in the legislature to use the, uh, the general staff washroom. And I mean, and this is like, when you talk about like progress on women's rights, it's like this is 1980. They didn't have a bathroom for women MLAs in 1980. It's just incredible. I mean, <laughs> oh, there'll never be a woman MLA. It's just not <laughs> or the leader of a federal party for that matter, which was her next step. Although after, I guess it was Audrey McLaughlin first of the NDP, and then mm-hmm. she would have been the second in terms of 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 that position as well. And that's you know sometimes the you call people trailblazers, but it's it's still like a long pitched battle, right? To get to that point, like her, her, mm-hmm. that's a that was like a forty year run. When did she resign? It was in the early two thousands, right? I think I'm gonna say two thousand and three. I'm pulling that out of the air, but it's somewhere in that range. So this is a forty year career in politics, very very long mm-hmm. and very well regarded. And that's the thing, like, I'm. You know, most parties, but particularly the NDP produced leaders who are, who are well regarded. Think back to like Ed Broadbent and that where it's like, mm-hmm. and the famous line with Ed Broadbent was, oh, he's, I think he's the greatest guy, but he's with the wrong party. Yeah. So people would always say, and then yeah. you have to, okay, well, why? And it was probably the same a bit with Audrey, not Audrey oh boy, I knew I'd do that. <laughs> Alexa McDonough, because I, re- I remember that, I very specifically remember that ad campaign of the one of the mid- I think it may have been the 97 election where she was like, think about how great Canada can be. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? She's right. Like <laughs> I do think about how great Canada can be, but it was also her whole, her whole presence. Right. It was, it was very like, you could tell that she actually meant it. Mm-hmm. That was the feeling I always got with Alexa Madonna was like, you know, she, she really is committed to what she is saying as a, as a person 
you know, dedicated to social justice and all those things that are seemingly bad words now, but uh, that's, that's the thing, right? She, she had that nailed. Um, well, if, if you're and very are like, seem very earnest about it too. It wasn't just, it wasn't an act. Right. So, yeah. Well, if you're choosing the NDP uh, and you're sticking with the NDP, you're choosing the hard road and mm-hmm. you're, you're right. I mean, that, I mean, that's something that's sort of been repeatedly, um, something that's repeatedly happened to a lot of NDP leaders, even like the, the ones that aren't as popular, like even Andrea Horvath, Andrea Horvath has the best approval rating of any of the provincial leaders, but she's, you know, (laughs) she's the, the leader of the NDP, which puts her on a back foot. And, you know, it was true of, I think people used to say the same thing about Jack Layton, that if Jack Layton was like the leader of the liberal party, he'd be like prime minister for life. It, Oh yeah, but but that's that's very true. But I mean, th- this is a matter of conscience, and certainly with Alexa McDonough, who stood up for Maharar um, almost oh, immediately yeah. after nine eleven, when like being on the side of the other, even if the other was innocent, was you know, like political suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, I mean, that shows you a strength of character. Maharar was ultimately. Uh, innocent, like he was just kind of picked up at random because anyone with brown skin was thought as a terrorist in the immediate aftermath of 9-11. And, you know, they didn't, sp- they didn't send him back to Canada where he had lived for years and years and years. They sent him to Syria where he was tortured for years and years yeah. and years. Yeah. Um, but I mean, she was one of the first ones out of the gate. And of course, you know, by the time 2010 comes around and we're like compensating Arar for um, <laughs> that, that, you know, kind of criminal neglect of basically abandoning him. Stephen Harper is up in the house, you know, giving former apologies. And that starts with Alexa McDonough. And you have to wonder yourself if, if not for her and her advocacy, does any of that happen? And, you know, you have to, the, the biggest part of that too, is that it was not the politically strategic decision. Um, it was an incredibly brave decision. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, that's, some of our other key advocacy and, persistence because it took 11 years to pass was the uh what was called the westray bill mm-hmm. which was if people don't know there was a mining disaster in nova scotia her home province mm-hmm. in 1992 when they still mined coal out that way and qu- quite a few people died it wasn't as bad as the spring hill disaster i guess but um you know her the persistence paid off and this bill finally passed it it was you know, kind of dialed up corporate accountability mm-hmm. because it's always, okay, I can't say always, but generally <laughs> lacking when workers die, there's no accountability, right? So mm-hmm. this, I mean, that's, she can do no wrong, could do no wrong in the labor community because of uh, actions like that. Because it, it, it's amazing that it took that long, because you know, sometimes bills like that pass right away, uh, you know, in the wake of a disaster, like anything after 9-11, you're talking about Mehar Ra. Yeah. But yeah, this just took forever and ever and ever. So that's, um, I did see a, a press release. I think it was from the steelworkers um, regarding that. And I had sort of, I knew that in the back of my head, but I had sort of forgotten. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's, and you mentioned Jack Layton. It's like, I don't think there probably, there could have been the, I mean, there would have been Jack Layton, obviously, but Alexa McDonough kind of did the groundwork for Layton to happen. Right. Oh, absolutely. They're similar in a lot of ways. And I, I believe they were friends, obviously, beyond well, politics, right? Well, she stuck around after she resigned. Mm-hmm. Like she was still an MP till 08 
or maybe after that um like she she stepped down in 0304 he became leader and she hung around um yep. so i mean that's <laughs> i mean from from the point of view where like stephen harper loses an election quietly comes in cleans up his stuff and leaves out the back door that's you know <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> don't let that big oak door hit you on the way out but i mean that seems to be a common trend for uh female politicians generally kathleen Wynne is still oh in the, yeah yeah in the yeah. In, in the ontario legislature and alexa just Ma- resign immediately and run away to some island somewhere right, right and, and alexa mcdonough you know she she would be elevated to these leadership positions she wouldn't necessarily have a seat when she became the leader of the NDP she didn't have a seat in the legislature and she became leader of the end the federal NDP she didn't have a seat in the house um she waited uh, until the general election and you know a lot of pundits would probably consider that unwise because you got to get into the house to get your face on tv during question period but she was you know playing a a, a more a longer game a more conciliatory game a less political game and um that seems to be i hate to draw broad stereotypes but i mean that does seem to be something that a lot of female politicians do and you know if you're we're tracing back to sort of her as an inspiration perhaps that's why is that people saw what alexa mcdonough did and decided to play the game her way since she was so good at playing the game her way you take on that old boys club and win yeah yeah and i mean the thing of it too is uh you're talking about um the labor side she wasn't immediately accepted by labor either that's something she had to earn because she came from um sort of a more privileged background than a lot of people in Hmm. labor typically like which uh but again she took the hard road she she was a social worker you know (laughs) <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, labor in those days also suffered from old boys club problems. Absolutely. Right? So yeah. paralleling the parliamentary road. So. Yeah. So Still doing it, places. Yeah. The, the old boys club uh, does still exist, uh, sadly. No boys anyway. allowed. There we go. <laughs> well, yeah, that's I think that's the kind of thing that gets you labeled a social justice warrior. Um but Alexa McDonough yep. would be too late for that. It's already happened. I mean, she 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 is survived by two sons. Uh, there's also the Alexa McDonough Institute for Women, Gender, and Social Justice at Mount at Mount Saint Vincent University in Halifax. So, uh, you know, she will be long remembered. Uh, we hope you remember to come back after the break. You're listening to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca Guelph Campus and Community Radio. was our Royal Cat Records pick of the week. Royal Cat Records 21 McDonnell in the downtown. 
And that's number 18 on the CFRU chart this week. The band is called The Organizing Committee. The album is called The Day Computers Became Obsolete. And the song was called A Coding Code. How ironic. Yeah. <laughs> I like all that deedly deep music, whether it's new or ancient. AK electronic, I guess. <laughs> what is diddly deep music? Anyway, what ancient, chart is that on? Ancient EDM, you mean from like 1976? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anything that was composed of a computer that took up a room, I'm like, yeah. Well, if you like that music, um, we're going to play some music for you. Spanning the globe. Oh, yeah. And the agony of defeat. The human drama of athletic competition. <laughs> this is ABC's Wide World of Sports. Brought to you by Lincoln Virginia. Oh, we don't want to hear the brought to you part. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait. See, in those days, you really thought you were getting something when that came on, right? It's like, oh my god! It's the wide world of sport! Da, 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 da. I can hear that. I can honestly have that burnt in my head. That, yeah. Well, that's the idea. Um, so, there are a couple of sports topics we wanted to address. One is this uh, Novak Djokovic scandal uh, from the Australian Open. Um, he was ejected after several lengthy court battles. Well, lengthy is relative. It was about a week. Um, a couple of court battles, uh, a formal letter of ejection from the Minister of Immigration. Uh, so he wasn't allowed to play in the Australian Open. It would have been his 21st Grand Slam victory, which I gather is some kind of a record. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's interesting that he would his lawyers would argue it's like he doesn't want to be an anti-vax celebrity and it's like well if if that were the case he would number one uh tell us why he's not vaccinated uh number two why he would do all this like um skullduggery to <laughs> to get around um full disclosure on forms and things and you know number three um he would tell supporters like I'm, I'm not your hero for not being vaccinated. So please stop doing that. I, I think um, in, in a rare act in the 21st century, we have seen someone be a bad faith actor, actually um, not get what they want um, and, and, it's, and actually face serious consequences. I mean, it's so much as missing a tennis match is serious consequences because it's not a real sport. I'm just kidding because I don't ah. want to. I don't want to offend people. I know I know tennis is popular. There's a very popular tennis court basically across the road from my house. Um, but it, it is, I mean, it is kind of satisfying. Rules apply to celebrities. Who would have thought? Well, and that's exactly it. And and regardless of how anyone's feelings about tennis, it's like this, this <laughs> it wouldn't matter what he was doing. He's coming to a country that says, well, you need this. And he didn't have it. But it's it's the humming and hawing. And it's the almost... Because of his entitlement, it's like, mm. well, they're just going to let it slide because I'm Novak Djokovic, right? Mm. 
So it's like, do you have an exemption? Yeah. Can we see it? No. How mm-hmm. did you get it? I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then it's like, oh, but I had it. Oh, and well, but you're with that photographer guy. It's like, well, I didn't want to disappoint him. I was like, you're being ridiculous. Yeah. You actively have COVID and you went to a photo shoot. I mean, that's, that's pretty bad. But yeah. if, if the person, if the other person knew that you were, you were kind of a rabid anti-vaxxer and, and, anti-everything and anti-lockdown, that's one thing. You know, I would almost have more respect for the guy if he said these things outwardly, yeah. but he doesn't. And the best was when they were doing the streeter with the people, the as Serbs in Australia, who <laughs> who had, and they had all these, the Serbian, the, two women draped in Serbian flags, and they're like, oh, the Australian government are making this so political. It's like, you're wearing a Serbian flag. Like, <laughs> How is you standing here with that flag on not political, whereas what they're doing with Jokovic is political. It was just, it's, you know, the realm of the, it went directly to the ridiculous, mm. right? And and he's going to be in trouble with his sponsors, but it sounds like Lacoste is like, mm, Novak, we have to have a little chat about this. That's where the money's at. It's something yeah. like 42 million US he gets. I believe yeah. that's every year for wearing certain clothes yeah, and keeping a certain watch on and all that. So that's, yeah, you know, regardless of how it comes about, you're you're playing a, a sketchy game here. If you think you're going to stay in the game uh, long term, if you're going to piss off the moneyed people, right? That's and also, what it's about. And also, like he's out of the French Open, like as of right now. Like, oh, is that official? Did that? Happen? I don't think it's official yet. But it's going to happen. The, the the French officials are pretty much like, yeah, if this is going to be your attitude, like, don't even bother packing your bag. We're not going to let you in. Of course, um, you're going to become an anti-vaxxer star, right? That's you're going to star in other ways. He did undoubtedly the best or one of the best tennis players ever. But he's also, you know, his star is on the rise in other realms where he might not particularly be ready for because the whole anti-vax guy like you know what he's right it's like uh you you can't if you and he can't get up and say well i know i know actually it's this like that's the problem he's not saying anything Mm -hmm. right and i mean the politics of this too is inescapable because you know who's like coming to his defense like in north america it's like people like ben shapiro who's like all of a sudden very mad that novak Djokovic can't uh you play tennis and it's like dude he lied on an immigration form isn't that like what you're supposed to be against and it's like hmm i wonder why you're so in favor of jokovic getting his uh getting his papers but like maybe not someone who's more brown colored hmm that's pretty curious ben shapiro but i mean i mean but i mean that's that's kind of the thing it's you know Mm -hmm. all of these right wingers who are like so mad that he lied on his papers that he didn't let him play tennis they didn't let him into the country because he lied on his papers. That's BS. Yeah, because most people talking about this have never even thought about tennis. No, probably, right? that was that was what was hilarious to me. Like Hallie Jackson was on Monday, and she's like, "Like we've never talked about tennis this much." <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it's, and it's you know fair enough, but at the same time, you know, um, there's another tennis player, uh, Naomi Osaka. And like they asked her about it at a press conference. She's like, no, I'm just not going to talk about that. And it's like, well, it's understandable because like he's overshadowed a lot of other stories at the tent. And hers is one of them. Like she had a very public battle with like mental health and anxiety last year. And this was her first big tournament back. So, I mean, obviously the last thing she wants to talk about is some other. Yeah. (laughs) And that that's the double standard too. She was mistreated. 
Oh yeah. In terms of the way that was all handled, right? It was handled very badly. Uh, Same yeah. with, I think it was Serena Williams when she wanted to wear that bodysuit. I think, believe it was for blood clots, suggested by her doctor to play tennis, mm-hmm. and the tennis authority said, "No, you can't." Mm-hmm. Right. And that's like, oh, and there's this whole sort of indignant, well, how dare she? Yeah. But uh, Djokovic, well, oh, you know, that's a different story. It's the same. It's not, sorry, it's not the same story at all. But it's the the, the, the way that they are treated is completely different universe in the same game. Well, it, it's, it's, it's also invocative, like the unequal, um, the unequal treatment of either gen- of, of females in mm-hmm. sports versus men in sports, men are always sort of given more of a priority. Um, wasn't, was, there was a, a female tennis player was deported as well, right? Yeah. Was she check? I think so. It was just like, okay, go. And then that's like, <laughs> there's none of this other stuff. Cause she's ranked what 90th or something. I just, get yeah. It. And she, she, she went and but no, I'm just fine. You don't want to get vaccinated. Man. Okay. Good luck to you. Bye. Yeah. So yeah, I was also thinking about the, the controversy of the the woman's volleyball team who you know protested because they didn't want to play in the skimpy uniforms yeah. versus like the the male tennis team from the or the male volleyball team from the same country um you know and they were treated you know it's like oh you're just you know why are you being so difficult and it's like well maybe they just don't want to play their sport in a bikini sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the fa- the fashion rules in these, these sports are, like, are d- demented. Like, is it really yeah. like what they need to do? Is all of them need to do it? I'm not saying all the tennis players should, should be unvaccinated, but mm-hmm. that's the easy fix for Djokovic mm-hmm. is is either get vaccinated or explain to people as to why you're dicking around like this. And it mm-hmm. was that's what happened. It was there was wasn't clear cut. There's no clear exemption there. It was like he's just, he's messing around and messing with people because he can. Because yeah. of his status, right? Because of his like, privilege. Yeah. Did you read so the it's... email? Didn't you read the email? That's... Yeah. Yeah. So, right. uh, uh, other sports news. <laughs> Can't believe that's dun, dun, something I dun, said. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I'm not getting out of the thing again. Um, <laughs> so, the Winter Olympics starts in a couple of weeks. Uh, Beijing is making only select tickets available. They'll be given out to specific people. There's going to be no public access to any of the events, including. Um, any of the events that happen in the nest, uh, which is the big bird nest looking main stage uh, for <laughs> Olympic activities. Yeah. But I mean, the bigger story, and I, I worry that this, it's going to get buried by all different stuff going on, is they, they produce this app um, called My 2022, which <laughs> is supposed to give you like access to like tourism recommendations, like where you can go hang out and see stuff or eat. Um, it also has like health monitoring and uh, a GPS function so you're able to find your way around. Um, anyone who's going to Olympics has to download this. Blah, 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 but uh, the University of Toronto's um, Citizen Lab reported that the app is so insecure that it violates the Chinese personal information protection law, which is basically China's data security law. And also, it may also violate the Google unwanted software policy, which is where uh, the policy where malicious apps are taken out of the play store where, you know, you get your Android apps. Um, I mean, that's, it's sort of, I mean, this is always kind of the garbage Olympics. I and mean, when we've talked about these Olympics before, it's like the Olympics, nobody, <laughs> it's the Olympics. Nobody wanted. So of course they ended up in Beijing. And that was um, before the and pandemic, that was before right? COVID that and the yeah. pandemic. I mean, it like back when they were like, 
figuring out who gets these Olympics. Nobody wanted them. And so, I mean, it's a fitting end to all of this. It's like, it's, it's the, it's it's the redheaded stepchild of Olympic games. And I feel like this is exactly how it needed to go out. So you figure the Olympics are done at this point. Okay. We're just done. It's like, they need, they need to be put on hiatus for retooling. Oh, that is so true. And yeah, this, this business with the app was like, I, I personally treat all apps as suspicious, but people that know me, it's like, you know what? They're, they all probably have some kind of hold, but the fact that the, it was the citizen lab at U of T that came up with this, I'm sure the Chinese government will make some hay about, well, you know, it's Canadian lab. Uh, so of course they're going to say that because mm-hmm. the Michaels or whatever, but, mm-hmm. but the, the other thing too, which also directly involves Canada and is really nothing to do with sport is that the blaming the COVID arriving on the package from Canada. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you serious? It totally reminded me that, you know, the guy sneezes in the box and oh, Homer yeah. opens it and he gets the Osaka flu, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like, you honestly, and, and everybody they talked to of that knows about this was like, you know, that's impossible. What, why are they saying that? And I, I don't know if it's just to take a, a shot at Canada again, but I'm wondering if, if all this is going to evolve into, you know, will they use these things like, certain stuff you're doing on the app or mm. um, the fact that, you know, your mother sent you with a package or something to the Olympics that they're going to mm. use it to crack down on Canadian athletes or athletes from any other countries that matter. Anybody that pisses off uh, the, I seem to be using that word a lot and I apologize, but it's true. Everybody's pissed off, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you piss off the, the uh, Chinese government. And in particular, it sounded like there's, if, if you're using your device and they're tuned into certain things that you're saying, Mm-hmm. You know, those verboten words like, I don't know, Uyghurs and Tibet mm-hmm. that we can freely say here, but um, mm-hmm. others can't necessarily uh, how that's going to go. And that is going to be interesting to see if they're, they, you know, it's like the days of the KGB coming, you know, come with us. Well, I mean, it's not even, I don't know like- if it'll be that bad, but it's like you, it may screw up your ability to compete beyond possibly having Omicron, which everybody's going to have. So. Well, it's not even a China thing. Like there was apparently rules at the Tokyo Olympics that there were certain like topics that were verboten as like when you were on Olympic business, there was some stuff you just didn't talk about. Um, So, I mean, that's, you know, censorship is not a uniquely China thing. Although um, (laughs) some, some of this, some of the stuff they come up with is uh, (laughs) to, to to borrow a Doug phrase, a Doug Ford phrase, a beauty. Um, Anyway, uh, speaking of getting Scotty riled up, we have to talk about these. <laughs> these it's not hard rally- these days. It's no, hair trigger, right? It's yeah. true. Uh, these freedom <laughs> rallies coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is a group uh, that is currently doing convoys across uh, Canada, these trucker convoys, uh, because there's uh, some anger about... Um, do truckers get vaccinated? Don't they get vaccinated? Are there mandates? Are there not mandates? Uh, Pat King, who um, once claimed that he is solely responsible for ending COVID restrictions in Alberta, which he was Ooh. not, uh, is kind of chronicling it all. Here in Guelph, um, there is... Are we getting be... trucks? Are we getting trucks? I don't think we're getting <laughs> trucks. Um, we are getting a freedom rally, though. There's going to be one in oh. front of City Hall at 2 oh. p.m. on Saturday. Which I, I get. I guess that will make sure everyone's free on for the Waterloo Rally on Sunday, which is the big one because uh, the Waterloo Rally has not only Maxime Bernier, 
Wow. But Randy Hillier. Oh, wow. So They're pulling a, out all the stops for the Tri-Cities. Eh? That is, I mean, those are the stops right there. Um, meanwhile, the Guelph Rally will have University of Waterloo biochemist professor Michael Palmer, who once told students that uh, the fake COVID emergency was not an excuse for missing class. Mm. Um, Josh, Lear, uh, Josh Lear, who is uh, who was the PPC candidate for Guelph in the last federal election, is also uh, apparently scheduled to speak. And I who swerved at- us when we wanted to find out his views. So, yeah, true enough. Yeah. Uh, and then complained on Twitter that no one wanted to interview him or include him in debates. Anyway, uh, I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, <laughs> and then I had to look this group up. Police on guard for Z. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is they're fresh. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, they're not fresh, but I mean, it's no, it's, we're sorry. They're getting traction now, right? They're I don't getting traction. That's uh, with that would Ford's be daughter's husband, maybe, right? Like, right. That's yeah. one of Ford's daughter's husband. We can't paint them all with the same brush. Um, Kai Kai's husband. Yes. Um, which is a group of uh, apparently current and retired police officers who think that COVID restrictions violate um, their oaths, uh, their oaths to the badge and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Uh, they do have a court action pending, or at least I think it's still pending. I, it was from last spring, so I haven't heard anything about. I couldn't find anything about what they're still going on, but basically trying to file an injunction against police services that uh, enforce COVID restrictions, saying that uh, it violates their oaths and the Charter and mm. uh, the Constitution and. Uh, none of that stuff has held up. There have been a number of court challenges yep. to mandates and things. None of it's held up yet. So, just yeah. like their polio vaccine violated all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, this, very, and I, I'm very anxious to hear Scotty's opinions. Well, I, I want to say off the top that I have a, a, a deep respect, <laughs> mm-hmm. much respect for truck drivers, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like I think people know that who know me, mm-hmm. so, and it's not fair to slag them all off because the majority of them are vaccinated. Majority of but, everybody's vaccinated. Yeah, yeah well, exactly right. <laughs> but um, with this, what was the hashtags trending again? Yeah, it was trending so much I forget. Truckers, uh, I knew it was going to blow this because I didn't get to jot it down for a time. But I was, you know, have a look at Twitter, and it's like it's this whole thing is trending right mm-hmm. now, right? But it just seems to be the same, like the the guy you mentioned, the same people trending on this, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you're going to drive to. Ottawa on the weekend to make a point. Have you been in Ottawa on the weekend, like in a winter weekend beyond the canal? Like it's, it's really, really quiet, right? Mm-hmm. It's generally mm-hmm. a quiet place. There seems to be this, Oh, we want to make this big point, but, and it'll sort of make a point if you're not moving goods, fine, whatever. Um, but to think of all the other struggles as most working people are having these days that truckers have, uh, you would think, that the focus would be on some of those things rather than this. Right. And of mm-hmm. course the truck, it doesn't take a lot of trucks to seem like a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. It takes like 40 smart cars or whatever to seem to make the same impact as mm-hmm. an 18 wheeler coming down your street. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's the, the, the pro- part of the problem is, okay. The trucks is one thing, but part of the problem is in, in checking all this out, there is some of the stuff in there that that's a bit, that gets a bit darker. Right. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see one poster. It's like hundreds of Patriots will be gathered. See, they can't even come up with originals. Like the Patriots are gathering. Uh, we're going to shut. How did exactly they put it? It was like shut her down, but it was like a shut down and hold. I think it was like, they were using like tactical language to say, we are yeah. going to take over all of the parliaments, the provincial ones and Ottawa. 
mm-hmm. which has like shades of January 6th. Now, I know it hasn't happened yet, but if you're using that kind of language, mm-hmm. then do- doesn't that mean that you're willing to do that? And this, and some of the, and we've talked about this before too, all of the posters, like there's, there's one with a truck running Trudeau over. Mm-hmm. This is just coming up on Twitter. It's like, okay, so you feel that is the thing to do to make your point about opening up for freedoms that you should kill, literally kill, with an 18-wheeler, regardless of how you feel about the guy, with an 18-wheeler. Uh, ha-ha, it's a big joke, but it's not really. Mm-hmm. Right? People get their inspiration from, and obviously Trudeau isn't going to be going for a jog in the middle of all this in an Ottawa January. Mm-hmm. But that's that's where it goes too far right you want to go and protest on your trucks by all means we do have constitutional rights and you can do that go nuts but right. there is a limit to that right mm-hmm. it's you know there was an anti-hate canada article at the beginning of the year that said like the, the movement is getting more and more violent at least so far as like threatening violence um it's it's not just enough to protest these things anymore it, it you know, and then there was a post around the same time from one of the leaders locally here, Dave Driver. And uh, you can see a, a video of how riled oh. up he can be on Guelph Politico right now. Um, that was close, wasn't it? I mean, I, people should check this out on, on uh, Guelph Politico and wherever else. It's on YouTube as well, right? Yeah. I'm I saying mean- this is sort of a neutral, <laughs> but I mean, I know Adam and, and Troy, who's the other person in the in the video. Mm-hmm. It's like that. That was that was borderline. Like, yeah. Other than the fact that two guys are arguing really close without masks on, uh, <laughs> it's like you know that that level of sort of that it's that rhetoric that doesn't go anywhere. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you, yeah. That that something small scale like that can escalate, right? It was like that seemed. If you were there, it seemed really, really close, right? It was it was mildly amusing at first, but then as he was getting like more and more belligerent yeah. and more and more in Troy's face, it was getting more and more uncomfortable. And and like I, I, you could probably even hear me at the end of that video. Okay, let's calm down, guys. Let's calm down. Yeah, well, and then uh, taking shots I mean, at the media too. It's like, yeah. oh no, no one's presenting our point of view. It's like that's all you and Troy and others are doing. And it's like, what what do you want? What do you want? We're, I know we're you want the lockdown end, but like, do you don't want people to come and and talk about the issue? No, you can't because you guys are all liars. Like, okay, we know where this is going to go, right? Well, th- yeah, and that all of that is legit. Um, but Dave Driver also a couple of weeks ago um, posts on Facebook. Uh, he says something to the effect of like, "Who do we? Ha- who should we hang first? Yeah, I mean that's. And of course, everybody's answer was Trudeau, or to use the pejorative, Trudeau. So, woo, yeah. See, Trudeau even isn't as bad as threatening to hang someone. Never mind that it's the prime minister. You're saying to achieve your goals, you're going to hang the prime minister, or anybody, or anybody. You yeah. know, realize what you're saying here. You know, it's like it. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> how much longer can this roll on? And I don't mean the pandemic. I mean this. This if this keeps building there are going to be problems and you take that out of the bank, right? Well, it's, it's a form of otherizing too. And, and, you know, it's, it's not just that they're following COVID public health mandates that there's, a, there's a, there, there's a reason behind it. There's an evil reason, an evil purpose. And it's, it, it comes from far away. It comes from the United Nations. It's this, they, these things yeah. like agenda 30, which is the 5g. Like, yeah. Yeah. 5g. And it, it's like <laughs> these things, um, 
and it begins so innocently enough. And one of the things I've been trying to highlight is like, it starts as like innocent questioning. And there were people at the rally I was at on Sunday who were just like, I don't trust the government. I don't trust big farm. And it's like, yeah, I don't blame you. It's like, okay. But, but, yeah. on the, but then it's, 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 it's these series of small steps, small steps that go from, I have questions. I don't trust big pharma. Big pharma's out to get me. The UN's out to get me. This is all a plot. And then you're like really down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. and saying things like, you know, hang, like, who do we hang first? But And, and okay, on a smaller scale, like mm-hmm. if, if it is really all about freedom, why mm-hmm. are they so concerned that you are wearing a mask? Why do they care? Great question. Uh, this is, this is where I'm like, this, you're, you're talking freedom. Okay. Be free. Here are some people freely covering your thing. It's like, what are you wearing a mask for? Like, why do you care? Could be wearing a kilt in minus 20. Who cares? Why do you care? Right? It's like. <laughs> I'm robbing the 530 stage. Uh, it, I mean, yeah, jo- that, jokes aside, but. Yeah. Um, you're right. It, it, there is a kind of mixed messaging, but I, I think it's just important to highlight that some of this is getting a little dangerous. Yeah. Um, especially when you have, you know, uh, Kevin J. Johnson making a run for the border and then being let Ooh, out on yeah. bail. And it's, you know, it used to be a time if you were trying to like get out of a country to evade prosecution, that was probably a reason to keep you in holding, but maybe that's something we can talk about another time. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. We'll have definitely. to We'll have to wrap up the show for this week. Uh, you can stay connected to us at our website at opensourcesguelph.com. You can find us on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire, and we're on Twitter at OS at OS underscore Guelph. If you'd like to listen to this show again, you can download it from our website every Monday. You can get it from the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. I can be found at Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson, and you can check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And I'm Scotty Hertz on Facebook, Scotty Hertz on Twitter, and for all things CFRU beyond listening to this fine station, check out CFRU.ca. Live feed there, too, by the way. I keep forgetting to mention that. Live feed. (laughs) If your radio doesn't work. (laughs) If your radio doesn't work and your computer does. Uh, and if you're not listening to this on the computer already, maybe you're in your car. I don't know. Anyway, let it, let us know. <laughs> how, <laughs> Where you how listen do you, to us? It would be interesting to hear. <laughs> how do you listen to open sources? Are you trapped on Highway Seven right this minute? Give I have us a crystal a, radio. <laughs> send, send us a tweet. All right, stay tuned for DJ Sounds Good to Me here at the top of the hour on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return next Thursday at 5 p.m. for another edition of Open Sources, and we will see you then.